Welcome to the World Football Summit podcast, the show for football industry leaders who want to stay ahead of the game. We bring you the latest insights, trends, and stories from the experts driving innovation and progress in sports business worldwide. Join us as we dive deep into the ideas and initiatives transforming the world of football. From sustainability and innovation to player development, fan engagement, and everything in between. Our goal is to unite the global football industry and drive positive change and progress. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the World Football Summit podcast. I'm your host, Jaime, CMO at World Football Summit. Today, we're thrilled to have Tim Jagger, CEO of Eindracht Tech at Eindracht Frankfurt, join us on the show. This is a club that has made innovation a core part of its identity and has been recognized with several awards, including the German Innovation Award and a place in the top 100 most innovative medium-sized companies in Germany. In fact, I've been eager to speak with Tim since Eintracht won the WFS Award for Best Digital Transformation Initiative in Sevilla last year. During our conversation, Tim shares valuable insights into the innovative strategies that have made Eintracht Frankfurt a leader in the industry, including the club's journey to becoming an innovative organization and the challenges they faced along the way, an overview of the different initiatives they're currently working on and the important role fans play in driving innovation. The keys to leading innovation at a football club is another topic we cover and how to create a culture that supports it. You'll be amazed to see how Eintracht Frankfurt has transformed into much more than a football club. But before we jump into the episode, we want to remind you that WFS Europe is just around the corner on September 20th and 21st. And Tim will be joining us as a confirmed speaker for the event. Don't miss out on the opportunity to help shape the future of football. Head over to www.worldfootballsummit.com to buy your ticket right now. So, without further ado, join us for this Innovation in Sports Masterclass with Tim Jagger, CEO of Eintracht Tech. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us at the World Football Summit podcast. It's, um, it's great to have you. I've been looking forward to this conversation uh, ever since uh, you guys won the award uh, in Sevilla last year, and, and I'm thrilled to see finally um, see it happen. So yeah, welcome. Thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, pleasure is ours. Um, Tim, before going into a very interesting conversation that I think we're going to have, I was wondering if you can introduce yourself um, and, and most of all, I, w I want to know, why is it that you do what you do? So yeah, as, we, as you already said, my name is Tim. Um, I have the pleasure to be the CEO of Eintracht Tech and in my second role um, within Eintracht Frankfurt, um, I'm the advisor to the executive board um, together with two other colleagues being overall responsible for the business strategy of Eintracht. Um, I'm doing this now since uh, more than six years. Um, before joining the club, uh, I worked for the Boston Consulting Group as a management consultant and then afterwards uh, joined BMW at their headquarters in Munich, also working in a strategy role. And yes, now uh, working on the digital business strategy of Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, I was originally born in Frankfurt. So um, obviously when the club asked me um, if I would like to be interested in uh, joining the club and 
um, developed the strategy um, for our business activities and also um, executed, um, it was an easy decision for me to make. Before speaking about innovation, which is why we wanted to uh, have this interview, let's try to define or describe the Eintrack brand, because I think everybody's going to know about the team, especially given your fantastic performance on the pitch uh, last year in the uh, Europa League. Um, but what would you say are the three elements that define the club from, let's say, a business perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good question. Um, so um, from my point of view, it would be definitely tradition would be one element. Um, I mean, Eintracht Frankfurt is now 124 years old, um, so quite a long heritage. I mean, um, we won the Europa League, as I already mentioned last year, but also won the um, uh, UEFA Cup in 1980, German champion, five-time German Cup winners. So a long tradition, that's definitely one thing. Uh, another thing is, I would say, definitely passion um, related to different things. I mean, obviously, our fans, I mean, everyone has seen what happened last year. We've been to Barcelona, uh, more than 30,000 Frankfurt fans um, coming all over the city. Um, um, but also, apart from that, I mean, if you come or if you ever have the chance to come to one of our home matches, you see it's really a unique atmosphere in our stadium. So definitely, I think passion is, is another thing that strongly defines the club. Um, I mean, not only on the fan side, but also everyone who's working for the club. I mean, since it, as I already mentioned, the club with such a long tradition um, and such a long heritage, obviously um, uh, the fans um, have really strong ties to the club and also everyone working here for the club. So it's, it's a big pleasure and defines our work every day as well. So um, besides tradition and passion, I would say the third element um, would be membership-based. Um, what does that mean? I mean, Eintracht Frankfurt now has almost 130,000 club members. We are one of the 11 biggest clubs worldwide related to club memberships. Um, uh, our president is elected by um, our club members, um, so we don't have any external investors um, who appoint our, uh, our board. Um, it's the members. Um, so I think uh, membership-based um, is the third element. Okay, great. Well, um, I think that's going to give a very good perspective to the people in the audience and and hopefully i'll uh, get to go see you guys play at the home stadium just to see how passionate you guys are which you can see on tv but it's uh, it's not the same thing to have the life experience no um and from a business perspective um the number of innovation related awards that uh, you have won is just remarkable uh, all over the place and also the obviously the world football summit award last year but you've also you know um the german innovation award and the top 100 most innovative uh, medium-sized companies in germany i mean the list just goes on and on no um but i want to go back to the beginning why did the club embrace technology and innovation so strongly what what was the trigger um, yeah, that's a very good question. So um, I'm, I'm definitely convinced that um, for every transformation that you as a company, and in our case, the football club, um, you're starting, you need um, a specific reason why. And the reason why in our case um, was um, that in 2017, uh, we found ourselves in a situation where um, if you have a look at the, um, at the revenue streams, the traditional revenue streams that the club has, um, so obviously the most important one is media uh, revenues, but this is negotiated centrally by the league, so we cannot influence that directly. Um, then it's sponsorships, ticketing, and merchandise. Um, and sponsorships um, at that time already, um, before having the big successes, not only by winning the German Cup in 2018 and also winning the Europa League, even at that time, we were totally sold out uh, in, in sponsorships. 
So there was not really a lot of uh, growth potential anymore. Then related to ticketing, I mean, um, even at that time, um, still today, um, we have an average attendance in our stadium of 50,000. Um, the capacity is 50, uh, 51,500. So basically always sold out. Um, the gap between the maximum capacity and the average attendance comes when we play against um, some smaller clubs who don't bring as many away fans because we cannot put Eintracht fans in the away section. Um, so also there, not enough, uh, not a lot of growth potential. And what is very important for me to mention, we don't optimize our revenue streams um, uh, in ticketing, for example. I mean, um, our uh, cheapest season ticket and uh, I repeat, the season ticket, not for one match, uh, is for, in our stands, 130 euros to see all of the matches. So for us, it's very important that even uh, people who don't have so much money, even fans who don't have so much money, can afford to come to our matches. That's very important for us from a social perspective. And this also, um, on the other hand side, hand side, obviously explains a little bit why we have so many passionate fans and why the atmosphere is so unique, because it's not everyone can afford it to come to our stadium. And this is something that's very important for us. So I'm also there um, uh, from, from this perspective, not something where we can really grow a lot. And also merchandise, of course, um, has not the big margins to, to make the next step and, and close the gap to the bigger clubs. And this is now the fact um, where we found ourselves in. I mean, obviously, like every company, like every club, we did an external internal uh, analysis. And then if you see, and if you come to, this was the internal analysis. And then you have a look um, on the external side, you see, okay, we are competing not only on the pitch, but we are also competing on the business side um, with clubs who play Champions League every year, which we don't. We played um, in the current season, 22, 23, um, the first time uh, in the Champions League uh, and competing with clubs who play basically Champions League every year, like uh, Dortmund, like Bayern München, for example. And also on an international level, obviously the same. And on the other hand, in Germany, I mean, you know that we have the so-called 50 plus one rule, but nevertheless, we have um, external investors uh, investing in specific clubs. I don't want to mention any names, but there are a lot of clubs in Germany getting money from, from external investors. And obviously, um, we don't have that. We don't get uh, every year a significant amount of money from, from external, maybe from external companies who have club shares or maybe from, from investment firms. Um, so um, we found ourselves in the middle of clubs who play Champions League every year and obviously get a lot of TV money out of that and uh, clubs with external investors. And then, I mean, if we want to compete with these clubs um, in 2017, we decided we had then have to be a little bit more innovative. We have to be a little bit more digital. And this was basically the starting point. It, it was a pain point um, to say, well, we have to start this journey to uh, improve our situation on the business side to then be able to compete uh, with that money um, on the sports side. Your answer, thank you for that, um, actually reminds me uh, of the conversation I had with Michael Broughton on the podcast. And he had a similar conclusion where he was basically saying that the traditional business model, in a way, it's outdated. Um, in his case, he was uh, proposing a, what he called the fan flywheel model. Um, I think in your case, it was clear to say, hey, we need to innovate, we need to find new sources of revenue if we want to grow. Um, so it's it's good to see these dynamics are common across the entire industry and across countries. No, I think it's a reality that all clubs need to face. No? Um, and Tim, to give the audience some context, um, what are the four main business areas that uh, Interact Tech uh, focuses on? Uh, can you very briefly describe them? 
Sure. Um, so first of all, we um, started on the B2C side, um, then went into B2B, then went into esports and went into uh, digital conferences and meetups. And to break that down, um, at the beginning, we said, if we would like to work data-driven and if we would like to develop new digital revenue streams that are related to data that um, um, yeah, basically uh, need a strong tech foundation, um, we had to look at our own systems and our own database at that time and came to the conclusion that it's simply not good enough. I mean, um, obviously, like every other uh, traditional sports club or football club, um, I mean, as I already mentioned it, I mean, at that time, we were 117 years old. And obviously, you have a lot of legacy, legacy systems. Um, you have a lot of different silos where data is stored in data from merchandise, data from ticketing, data from, from membership administration, data from content, and so on and so on. So basically, nothing fit together. Um, it, it, was a, it was a mess from the data side. Um, obviously, the systems were, were old. And we came to the conclusion, okay, we would like to be, uh, our vision is to be the most innovative uh, German football club. Uh, but with that, uh, with that foundation, we cannot do that. So um, we had a look um, uh, and uh, on the market and discussed with several national and international tech companies um, and very quickly came to the conclusion what, what these external partners are offering um, was not what we hoped to find. Um, because most of the systems out there were developed for traditional industries. And I mean, the football industry is, is quite quite unique. Um, and um, our, uh, our so the things that we found on the market and in the discussion with the national and international tech companies was these software tools are obviously very, uh, very mighty. Uh, but if you would like to customize them, um, how we would like to have them um, operating within Eintracht Frankfurt, it would have been incredibly expensive um, with our agenda. So we did something crazy. We decided to become uh, uh, a small software development company, um, Eintracht Tech, at that time, um, consisting of two people um, at Eintracht Tech. So uh, basically, at that point in time, we decided, well, then we have to develop all of our core systems by ourselves. That means in the first bracket, in the first uh, business vertical, we are basically a software development company. We developed our own ticketing solution. We developed our own e-commerce solution. We developed our own fan app. We developed our own content management system. We developed our own analytical tools to basically um, control every digital touch point, every club-owned digital touch point between Eintracht Frankfurt and the fan. Um, so we have probably now one of the most um, modern, definitely more, one of the most modern um, digital infrastructures in German football. Um, and this gives us really a great foundation to go into new digital business models on the B2C side. On the B2B side, um, we founded the so-called Digital Center Arena of IoT. That means uh, in 2020, um, we took over stadium operations here in Frankfurt. I don't know if all of the listeners know that. Um, we have um, the second uh, most used uh, concept for stadiums last year in all over Europe. Only Wembley had more big events than Frankfurt Stadium. And we as Eintracht Frankfurt are now also responsible for the concept not only for football matches, but also for concerts. And obviously, that's a very interesting um, business area for us. And we said, such a, an interesting football stadium, which is not only a football stadium, but also a stadium for big concerts, literally five minutes away from the biggest continental airport here in Frankfurt, 10 minutes away uh, from the most frequented train station in Germany, and such an economically powerful region like Frankfurt, um, this is a unique opportunity. 
And when we took over the stadium operations in 2020, uh, in 2020 so we invested heavily in digital infrastructure um, of the stadium, um, um, uh, obviously like network technology, uh, Wi-Fi. We have now the biggest video cube in Europe and European football stadium. Um, but obviously this has nothing to do with IoT and Internet of Things. So we said, okay, let's go one step further. Let's use our stadium as a playing field for innovative national international tech companies together with our own um, tech experts that we hired. We have now several people coming from the Internet of Things field. And we work on projects not only related to smart stadium, but to smart building. Things like smart energy, smart waste management, smart facility management, predictive maintenance. Uh, we even have a big project going on uh, related to autonomous driving. So we use our stadium basically as a field of experimentation for IoT solutions because if they work in such a stadium as ours, then they could work also on airports, train stations, big shopping malls, because it's basically the same principle. So we have the perfect field of experimentation in the B2B area where we work now together with companies that we were never um, together with before because that's not sponsorship related. It's really high-tech projects that we are working on and this is the B2B area. The third pillar of our Eintracht Tech um, digital strategy is esports. Um, we are active in two uh, games. Uh, one is FIFA, um, virtual football, uh, and the other one is League of Legends. Um, and League of Legends um, is the strongest focus that we have. Uh, we are now um, playing in the highest uh, German, Switzerland, Austrian league, um, competing with other teams, also non-football related teams, obviously, in League of Legends. Um, we have a quite a unique approach um, in, uh, in our esports approach. So we are not working together with external agencies um, to bring us players. We founded our own esports academy. Um, so Eintracht Frankfurt has, I don't know if everyone knows that, not only football. Uh, we have 52 different sports within Eintracht Frankfurt. We have hockey, we have handball, um, we have ultimate frisbee, um, we have everything you can imagine. And we um, take esports very seriously and we see esports as our 52nd sport and um, founded our own esports academy. That means that young and older kids uh, can now become a club member at Eintracht Frankfurt and they are getting trained in our own esports academy. Uh, we have already more than 120 kids being trained in esports and out of these young talents, we form our professional teams. So on the one hand side, it's a, it's a math sport um, approach but also with a clear focus on, on high performance. And these kids uh, perform for us in League of Legends and also in FIFA um, and um, yeah, very, very successfully. And the fourth pillar is, as I already mentioned, is everything doing uh, tech conference related, tech meetup related, for example, uh, in May, um, May this year, uh, we have our um, second blockchain conference in our stadium. So we see ourselves as a platform, uh, bringing together partners, um, bringing together our network to discuss different topics um, digital related and basically have fruitful discussions and, and bring together on people on the B2B side related to digital. So this is in a nutshell uh, the four different uh, key areas of high traffic. Wow. And that's amazing because the way you're, let's say, integrating all these different services is just making you, let's say, the complete club to say, and, and effectively more than a club. You happen to be an organization that, among other things, you play football uh, at the end of the day, no? Um, before going into a few questions of something that you just mentioned there, and one of the things I was wondering is, 
okay, it's great to have so many tech-driven initiatives and, and implement new technology and explore new, call it quote-unquote frontiers, no? But how does the fan play into this? Because there is a risk, I guess, of um, having a gap between what the fan or where the fan is in terms of adopting this technology and the club actually testing new initiatives, no? Um, so there's a gap between expectations and reality. So is this something that you see happening, maybe not at Eintracht, maybe overall in the football industry? And, and if so, how do you solve this? Uh, it's, it's a very good and very complex question. So um, we, um, I think that that's definitely the case, what you just um, assumed. So, um, for example, in our case, Eintracht Tech um, is, for example, not a project. Um, it's an own company, 100% owned by Eintracht Frankfurt, the football club. So our focus is um, to develop tech, to develop new revenue streams. Um, but um, our mother company, Eintracht Frankfurt the Football Club, obviously has, for example, a media department. And the media department has a focus on producing the right content, uh, what kind of content our fans would like to consume, um, what kind of innovations is demanded by the fans. So we, for example, in, in Eintracht Tech, don't see ourselves as the experts um, to say, well, we would like to start with that innovation related to digital content, for example. We have our own content department for that. Our focus is to develop new tech solutions that by the end of the day, since we are a known company, um, uh, bring profits that we can then give back to the club. Um, obviously, um, you have to be very careful because you don't want to over-commercialize uh, specific things that, you, that you're doing. Um, and this is also why we work strongly together with also other parts of Eintracht Frankfurt football team who don't have um, the tech focus and don't have the focus to maximize profits. Um, so this is one aspect. The other aspect is, especially when you work with data, what we are doing, you have to be very transparent. Obviously, um, there are a lot of data protection rules, not only in Germany, but also all over in Europe. And um, obviously, we comply to all of these um, data protection rules. But we said to ourselves, um, we want to be even more transparent and we want to demonstrate our fans that we are not doing anything which is not okay, which is over-commercialization. And uh, what we did was, um, we created a so-called um, data council consistent of our fans. So, for example, there uh, is an expert coming from the sports, uh, from the members that are doing sports with an Eintracht Frankfurt. Then there's a member in that council coming from our sponsors. Then there's a member coming from our Ultras, for example. Um, so five different members um, of fans. Uh, of different fan clubs, for example, or sponsors, they are in this data council. And twice a year, we come together and um, we tell them basically everything that we're doing with the data uh, because we have nothing to hide. We think it's very important to be 100% transparent on what you're doing and what you're not doing. And if you are transparent and if you communicate very clearly what you're doing and what you're not doing, then it's okay and then it's accepted. Um, so we think it's it's part of our change management strategy to be always very transparent what we are doing. I'm thinking you really have to meet Michael Broughton if you haven't done so already, because the core element of his fan flywheel model is that um, clubs um, involve the fan in their business decisions, which is effectively what you just told me. But there's so many entry points to the brand, effectively creating many data points, right? Um, you know, so you have your your web, your streaming services, uh, the app, 
you have your ticket holders and your not ticket holders, you know. So at the end of the day, it's such a complex ecosystem. But from what I understand, um, I think your Money Aquila app is trying to solve some of this. Uh, so how, can you explain to us um, yeah. how? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, for me, uh, at least from our philosophy, it's very important to say that we don't want to monetize our fans. What we are doing is data-driven, identify what fans are interested in and what they really want. Um, you might say, or one might say, that's the same. But from our perspective and from our philosophy, it's not the same um, because um, we don't focus on how can we get more money out of our fans. That's definitely not what we are doing. What we're doing is trying to better understand what fans are interested in. Um, for example, um, with the data we have, we understand um, what are different products or services that fans consumed over the last years? Do specific campaigns to offer based on their real user behavior? Um, is that service, uh, or let me put it that way, from our data, this service might be of interest for you. And we see the conversion rate is very high on such campaigns. Um, so we try to use um, our data to make even better offers. Obviously not only e-commerce, but e-commerce is like the easiest example to explain that. Um, and then it brings value. So the question is not how do you monetize your fans? How can you bring additional value that fans really appreciate? Because, I mean, if you ask a fan, do you like um, to get commercials um, or promos? Then he or she says, no, it's boring. But if you ask a fan, would you like to get offered something that is really of interest for yourself? Then he or she says, yeah, let me have a look. But potentially it's interesting. And, and this is how data helps us in, in, in different areas. Maybe content related, for example, um, we have like streaming services, Eintracht TV, um, that we can offer for specific people. Um, we have obviously specific e-commerce products that we can offer. And you mentioned already our app. What we also see is, um, or what we develop is, our app is, is built like a, like a marketplace. So that means we don't have any commercial planners in our app. Um, what we have is we are integrating partners now, like um, external partners that in the past only sponsored us, now are fully integrated via RPs. That means we are selling energy tariffs uh, via our app. We are selling train tickets for public transportation. If you order something in our website or in our app, we have a live tracking in our app where current parcel currently is because we have an interface to our logistics partner. We have, for example, together with MasterCard and Deutsche Bank, developed our own uh, payment solution, our own Apple Pay and Google Pay solution that a fan can um, connect to his or her bank account. And then not only can pay in the stadium, but worldwide since it's related to NFC. Um, so it's more like offering different services, different digital services. And, um, and uh, by the end of the day, um, this is not sponsorship anymore. We are now offering partner companies a new emotional sales channel via app, via our app. And, and this is the way how we work and how we try to, to identify new revenue streams. In a way, your answer um, reminds me of a book called Trade-Off by Kevin Meaney, I think it is. Um, and he speaks about the uh, trade-off eventually being between convenience and fidelity and how adding value, which is the mindset you're approaching, is trying to um, increase the, the, the fidelity uh, scope. Before moving on, um, 
I was just curious, you were speaking before about the different uh, IoT use cases uh, related to, to the stadium and to Arena IoT, you know? and, and just curious, um, is there one that has surprised you most or that stands out to you or you know, that you want to call out or, or not, just, just out of curiosity? Um, yeah, it's difficult to say which one. Uh, um, obviously, I like all of the different cases. So we identified more than 50 IoT use cases and now implementing one after the other. Um, one thing that I think brings really great value is that we um, put sensors in our pitches, not only um, on the main pitch. Um, for that one, it's not relevant because we also, as I said, have big concerts and then the pitch is destroyed anyway and we have to get a new one. But on all of our training pitches, we installed like sensors and the pitch that um, tells our greenkeeper if like, for example, watering is needed, not only based on how dry the soil is, but also based on how much sun does the pitch get, uh, how windy it is. And we didn't, uh, we did not only um, put these sensors in the pitches, but also our stadium, as you might know, is in the middle of a forest. Um, and we also uh, put some sensors in the forest because we would like to have our forest around the stadium as green as possible in times of climate change. Um, so this is, thing, I think, one project that has not only, uh, let's say, an energy saving uh, perspective, like we are saving water, but obviously also like a sustainability and ESG perspective on that. So this is a very good use case. Another project that is really interesting is we we want to like one one year ago we won a big tender process by the German government to experiment um, together as part of a consortium with other companies on autonomous driving on our stadium um, um, area. So this is not only related to transporting people. This is also related to uh, logistic processes that can be executed um, by these autonomous driving vehicles. Um, or for example, like also by watering potentially autonomous um, in the future the pitches or collecting waste after the matches. Um, these probably are two, two projects that are worth mentioning. So Tim, you, um, you know, you, you've been driving uh, innovation at a football club uh, for quite some time. You're doing a lot of uh, things, you're winning awards. Um, I think this kind of begs the question, um, if you were to highlight three key traits to driving innovation at a football club, or maybe share a framework or steps, uh, that clubs can follow to implement uh, digital transformation projects, um, what would they be? Uh, yeah, very, very good and difficult question. Um, so um, I think, first of all, this is something that every club can do because I know not, not for every club um, it's possible to develop or to go into software development. I totally understand it's not possible for every club to digitize a stadium because, for example, for example the stadium might be owned by, by a city or by a third party. And then it's not possible anymore. So, but what I think every club can do is to develop its own digital strategy. And um, there is not one digital strategy that, that's a perfect one. Every club has to decide which is which is uh, its strategy. And for some clubs, it might be only focused on social media. For other clubs, it might be focused on data. For other clubs, it might be um, esports. But um, I think it's really important to um, define an overarching digital strategy. Um, and if you have that, um, then basically do a solid analysis and foundation. Do you have the right starting point to reach that? What do I mean with that? Um, obviously, it's very easy to say um, it's, it's um, yeah, in our case, it's our ambition to become uh, the most um, innovative German sports club. Um, Sounds like a very sexy target, 
uh, not so sexy is to uh, come to the conclusion in an internal analysis that the IT and technical infrastructure that we had at the beginning is simply not good enough. So for in our case, it was more than one and a half years uh, doing our homework and developing and optimizing our core systems. Um, and this is something that I think is important. Develop the strategy and don't stick to the attractive overall targets. Also concentrate on what steps do you have to do in the meantime to achieve that objective. And this also includes the not so sexy topics um, and, and do the basics right. Yeah, this is something that I think is important. Do the basics right with regards to your overall digital strategy. Um, then I think the second most important thing is um, to um, get the top management support. Because um, if you're going into such, or let me put it that way, if your digital strategy uh, implies to really go into new business areas um, and to really start things that are changing basically how your club works, because in our case, obviously, we are touching topics uh, related to merchandise. We are touching topics related to our media department. We are touching topics related to ticketing. And obviously, um, that's a big change management uh, process. So um, you need the top management support um, uh, that has to support this idea, this strategy, because obviously it has it creates conflicts um, during such a journey um, because you're basically changing processes uh, where a lot of people working in since years. And this relates to my third step, which I think um, is important. Um, and um, uh, everyone, and also we can always improve in that, this is change management, to be always very transparent internally, to explain internally why we are doing things, why we are changing things. Um, so not only top management support, top down, um, also concentrate on how do you create an atmosphere uh, where people understand why we are changing these things. Um, so I think this would be... Uh, the third point, the change management perspective. All very interesting points. Um, and Tim, I'm curious, um, are there any other sports or football organizations that you use as an example or maybe a mirror or that you admire in the way that they're running their innovation or even their overall business strategy? Um, in, in general, I would also, or at least in my case, I think it's very interesting to look outside of the sports industry to get inspired of what's going on on the market because a lot of high tech, um, to be honest, I mean, obviously it's not coming from uh, from the sports industry. It's coming from big tech players from, from the United States, from Europe, and also from Asia. So it's always very important to have an eye on what's going on outside of our industry. But coming back to your question, I think it's very impressive what, for example, the uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, the mother company, basically, um, of the Toronto Raptors, Maple Leafs, Toronto FC, and Argonauts is doing. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. Uh, what They have also very strong focus on tech. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really impressive what the, what the colleagues over there in Toronto are doing. Agree. Uh, I know that example, and it's just uh, also a very interesting case. Hopefully, we'll have them on the podcast one day. Um, but anyway, um, and um, out of curiosity, is there any technology that you are most excited about or that you believe will have, a, you know, a transform sports most? Um, that's, that's uh, again, a very good and difficult question. Um, I mean, now um, my answer will be one uh, with a buzzword that everyone, I guess, uh, can't hear anymore. Um, but I think it definitely has a big potential impact on, on what everyone is doing um, in, in our industry. And this is basically artificial intelligence. 
I mean, we're still at the beginning of that, um, and 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 also in, since since that is, is quite still quite new uh, in the area. Um, I mean, what what ChatGPT and, and others um, are even possible of doing today. Um, just assume what what this could bring us in one, two, or three years, uh, with rela related to a lot of different processes that are going on within within sports organizations, like in the service department, um, like within in fan interactions, um, things that that could help your daily life. I mean, for example, I mean if you don't have own software developers in the future, um, artificial intelligence can write code for you. Right, so um, even for like smaller clubs, um, this has a lot of potential uh, potential implications. Um, I don't have the answers for all of that because I'm not an, an expert on on artificial intelligence. But even what I learned in the last months uh, is so interesting that I see, uh, or that that brings me uh, to the conclusion that this could really have a big impact on our our daily work life in sports organization, especially on the business side um, in the upcoming years. Well, thank you for, for giving that insight to the audience. Um, and Tim, you've been CEO of Eintracht Tech since I think it is 2019. Is there any moment that you're most proud of or that stands out? Um, well, I think um, the, one, the one moment that was pretty decisive for us was um, we started 2017 as a project. Um, in 2019, we founded Eintracht Tech as a non-subsidiary. Um, and started our software development of all our core systems in 2018. So, um, as I said, um, we developed all of our core systems by ourselves. And the decisive moment for us was in um, autumn 2020, when we deleted all of our core systems. So, uh, this was obviously something that, that we were very, very happy that the, the work um, on the development side over the years, last years really paid off. Uh, that we are now as a football club running on systems that were totally developed by ourselves and that are really running quite well and that give us the foundation for really uh, a sustainable and, and, and potentially strong growth in the upcoming years. Obviously, uh, a lot of people, or even myself, I mean, it's, it's most fun to develop visions, but like to, to implement and execute the visions and to reach the visions, you have to go into the process optimization work. And, and this is something that is also very important. And um, so I think the, the moment that you just mentioned um, was definitely the one when, when the new platform with the different modules went live and, and gave us the opportunity to now go into these uh, innovative um, topics that we talked about. In a way, I always think that business and football are very, very similar because you can have the best uh, strategy or tactic thought in your head, but then you actually have to go out and play the game, no? And and that has so many elements factoring in that that whatever you've thought is just going to change. Um, so yeah, interesting. So Tim, what advice would you have for any professional either looking to enter the industry or maybe continue their career within the industry, whether they're young or maybe experienced professional? So my advice would be try to, to get in touch with professionals who already work in the industry. Uh, maybe via LinkedIn, uh, maybe on conferences like the World Football Summit. Try to get in touch with them. Uh, and the reason why is because, for example, we, we always um, publish our open positions and our open jobs um, on LinkedIn, for example. I always share when we have new positions because we don't hire, hire via our network who Tim already knows. 
we want to have the best people working for Eintracht Frankfurt and working for Eintracht Tech. So that's why um, um, everyone has the chance basically to join uh, to join the club. And I guess most of the other clubs are doing the same. Uh, we want to have the best people um, for specific roles. Um, and as I said, um, we are publishing our open positions um, on, on our LinkedIn channel. Um, I share them on my LinkedIn channel. Um, obviously, we also do that on Indeed, which is our uh, our main partner as Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, so my advice would be try to connect with as many people as possible and try to get notice of open positions in the area. One last question from my side, Tim. Um, you guys won the World Football Summit Award last year in Sevilla. Um, what is the biggest value that industry awards like the World Football Summit Awards bring to the table? And, and more importantly, why should organizations apply? I think it's, uh, from my perspective, and this was the reason why we applied, it's very important because it's like it's like an external certificate um, of, um, of how innovative are you as a club and as a company. I mean, it's always easy to produce PowerPoint slides and, uh, and go to podcasts and, and tell um, what, what innovative things you are doing. But I mean, to have an external um, uh, external partner or an external agency or an, or an external uh, consortium, uh, um, let them evaluate your processes and, and your innovations that you're driving. And if you then win such an award, it's obviously something that helps us also in our communication strategy to not only say, well, we by ourselves say we are innovative, also, others say that we are innovative. So I think maybe for clubs, but also for companies, uh, it's of great value to to participate in, in such awards. I want to thank you for this very fun conversation. I had very high expectations for it, and I must say that personally, um, they um, surpassed them. And I think the audience is going to have a, a good time with this episode. So uh, anyway, Tim, where can people learn more about you about all the initiatives that uh, Eintracht is doing, where can people check it out? Yeah, thank you very much for for the invitation again, and looking forward to meet uh, to meet everyone in in Sevilla uh, this year. Um, so um, yeah, just connect with me on on LinkedIn. I accept all of the invitations. I, unfortunately, I cannot answer any uh, every question that I get, but I try my best. Um, so get in touch with me on LinkedIn. Um, we publish a lot um, on what we are doing and um, yeah, looking to see as many of you uh, in Sevilla uh, this year. Definitely looking forward to seeing you in Sevilla uh, and see how many progress you've made and how much progress you've made um, from here till then, which is I'm pretty sure it's going to be great and on the pitch and off the pitch. So anyway, Tim, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for all the learnings and all the insights that you've shared today. And, and um, hopefully uh, the audience is going to get a lot of value out of this, I'm pretty sure. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And there you have him, Tim Jagger, explaining how he's leading innovation at Eindracht Tech. Here are my key takeaways. First, it's fascinating to see how they tackled the challenge of an outdated sports business model by evolving from offering B2C solutions to B2B services through Arena IoT and also through esports and even conferences and meetups. Eintracht Frankfurt involves the fan in some of its data management initiatives, adding value to the fan experience. Third, when developing innovative projects, focus on adding value to the fan, not just monetizing. 
Finally, Tim recommends that football clubs define an overarching digital strategy, secure top management support, and engage relevant stakeholders for successful change management. Did anything else stand out to you? Let us know on social media. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast on your platform of your choice and share it with your industry colleagues. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the World Football Summit podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. Have a great rest of your day and we hope to see you next time.